What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. I'm Scott Beer Cole, beer enthusiast, and this is Beer and Other Shit. Episode 17, the podcast, bitches. What's good? We are coming at you live from Shelsey's Whip. <laughs> Live and direct from Front Street. Rolling Toronto, the streets of Toronto, Ontario. Oh, actually, there's a landmark there's, right there. Look at that. Get that shit. <laughs> so, yo, episode 17. We are uh, just coming off a dope interview with Sheehan, a.k.a. Shahan, from Lost Craft Beer. We just uh, hit a batch brewery. Had a nice little interview. Some so, delicious um, food, some good beer. It was fantastic. Good times had by all. Damn right it was. So yo, we're about to get into that, but uh, really quick. Sponsors. Scotty, sponsor number one. What are we going to start with? Uh, Ilno Studios? Ilno Studios. Sure, why not? The, the reason this podcast sounds so lit is motherfucking notion. Ilnostudios.com. He mixed it. If you got any audio shit you need mixed, mastered, any of that stuff, and uh, also production, Ilnostudios.com. Mention the podcast and he'll give you 15% discount. That's what's up. Uh, number two. The Brewheads? Thebrewheads.com. Brewheads is a craft beer merchandise company based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Shout outs to Philip Pinson, because this is the episode. Shout outs, because this is what we're doing. We're shouting out every motherfucker here. Shout out! And uh, you need that, you're going to hit up thebrewheads.com. You're going to put the code? The Brew. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, you got this. B-A-O-S? Bam! B-A-O-S. And you're going to get 15% discount off whatever you order, and that's going to let Uncle Phil know that you're a mad cunt and you know what the fuck you're talking about. And the third one... Oh, third come one? on. Who is the third well, we had, one? Do you know what this we episode? Had... Well, we, we have multiple different ones. We had Original Gentleman we also had with shout-outs, and we also had Toronto Urban Adventures for Jason Yes, we time. did. Yes, Are we, we did. doing that again? Let's do it again. Let's yeah, do it again. Jason it again. Uh, Cooch. Coochawawi. Coochawawi. <laughs> Big ups. And, uh, beer wizard. Be the beer with it. With it. With it. <laughs> if you go to torontourbanadventures.com and you use the code BREWHEAD, uh, you're going to get... 20- singular, not plural. Singular, correct. You're going to get 20% off your beer tours. And there's a couple of different beer tours. Sign up there. Tell them that we sent you. It's going to be lit. They'll take you around all the bus spots in Toronto. And uh, I think we need a theme song. It Let's is. do a theme song. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. Yeah. Are you a brewhead? You can't to brew heads. Yeah, we brew it. Yeah, oh, yeah. mate, that's a yeah. joint. Never gets old, never gets old. Love rapping my own shit. Real talk. And, uh, Scotty, um, uh, I heard that you were in California recently. I was. The uh, epicenter for craft beer in North America. Was that uh, uh, effectively lit? It was cool, man, yeah. It was yeah. like a different vibe to see kind of how the Americans do it compared to how we do it. And they Fantastic. do it big there. Yeah. And there's no lack of variety and... Uh, choices there so Fantastic. I was lucky enough to try a sample of Pliny the Elder the beer that was after Ooh. and uh, yeah it was cool I mean yeah. uh, it oh. maybe not cracked up to all the hype but yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I think I'm still team heady when so it team comes heady? to that but conveniently, uh, conveniently yeah but I, I tried among the uh, few other beers I had uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout was phenomenal oh, but I think we're going to save that for another episode we'll get into yeah, that we'll one do that. I was yeah. lucky enough to bring one back with me so Selling we'll that bad boy. Get to try that out. So yes. I actually took a little uh, audio clip of my uh, sampling experience with Pliny. So I think we should uh, we should throw to that so y'all can Let's hear what it. Scotty thought. Pliny. Yeah, we brew heads, so pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. 
What is going on? This is Scott Beer Cole. We are in Santa Monica, California. I am at Father's Office having my first pint of Pliny Elder. I am with a bunch of beautiful blondes. Yeah. I couldn't expect, uh, you know, a better atmosphere to be drinking what is dubbed to some as the best beer in the world, the best double IPA in the world. So what we wanted to do is kind of have my initial reactions of... Uh, is it as good as all the hype makes it up to be? So, cheers, guys. Cheers. From me to you, let's see what, what this beer is all about. I'm tasting the beer now as it goes into my <laughs> mouth. Uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, really lingering bitter aftertaste. It's less. It's less piney as I thought. Very floral. Um, sweet, sweet first uh, first taste. But again, that that bittering, lingering aftertaste. I, you know, I can't really compare it to uh, a heady the topper or something like that. It's, it's a completely different experience. Um, I'm not gonna lie, not really mind blowing like I may have uh, worked it up to be. Uh, I think I'm I'm team heady on this one, but um, it's a good IPA, and I'm gonna continue to drink it and learn about it and enjoy it in this beautiful atmosphere. So uh, Scott Beer Cole signing out. Damn son. That's what's so, up. That's what's up. Auntie Shelly recorded that and uh, <laughs> yeah. So yo, yeah, well, it's an original. It's an original. <laughs> well, you know, I'm stoked you got to try it. I, I'm not even really that surprised. Isn't it that good? Yeah, it's. I mean, when it's hyped that big, you can't really expect you can't live too up much, to it. right? And I'm, I'm yeah. somewhat happy because, um, Hetty is like our neighbor. Yeah, it's in Vermont. That's it's right, what I'm fucking there. Whereas. Yeah. You know, it's not that easy for us to get out to San Diego to try Pliny and stuff. So, you know, I'd like to do a side-by-side tasting. Let's aim for We're going to have to. Next time, yeah, that's We'll, we'll get a bottle summer. and we're going to, you know, I'm going to have my visa. Shout-outs to Canada. should have my visa next week uh, by the time this comes. Oh, I haven't seen that Toronto sign. That yeah, looks it's, uh, Yeah, first time I saw it today, too. We should actually. do a podcast at the front of that yeah. shit. Yeah, we're going to go to Vermont. We're going to be headed it up. Don't even worry about that shit, cunts. Y'all ain't even ready for the amount of headies. Y'all are going to know, though. Y'all are going to fucking know, cunts. So, it's a lengthier episode, probably around 50 minutes for the interview there, close to. So, we're going to keep this short. Uh, once again, shout outs to Lust Craft. It's a great episode. Batch Brewery. All the beers were fucking fantastic, by the way. I don't think we really talked about it in the podcast, but we just had a flight, a flight, flight. after the fact. And uh, the four beers, Cream Ale, Pale Ale, Porter, and the Irish Red Ale were all really, really phenomenal. It's a brand new brewery, only been open two weeks. So that was super cool. Check shout outs out to Kyle as well, who was the server. Um, yeah, once again, beerandothershit.com. So we're on YouTube. This is our third video nice. podcast, by the way. So, you know, if you're hearing this, there's also video. We're in a whip right now. And uh, shout out to Tiffany. Yeah. yeah. Filming this. LXH yeah. Films, you know what I'm saying? Holding it down. High season <laughs> movement fam, you know what it is. And um, yeah, YouTube, uh, like, search for beer and other shit YouTubers. There's a bit.ly link and it's in the show notes. That's probably easy. It's in the show notes. And if you're watching the video, then fuck. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes, Mixcloud, and Spreaker. We all over the motherfucking internets. Facebook as well, beer and other shit. 
Um, follow Scott at Scott Beer Cole. I'm at C4. We've got at Star Lexus and we've got at Shelsey, S H E W L E S E Y. That's the fucking fam. And also, of course, Lost Craft Beer at Lost Craft Beer for everything. Get it episode, up, yeah. episode 17, Beer and Other Shit. Catch your cans. Yo, what's going on? What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. I am Scott Beer Cole, beer enthusiast, and we are with the beer philosopher. That's it. What's your name, though? Shin. Shin. And uh, who do you represent? Lost Craft. Damn right, bitches. Represent, represent. So, uh, yeah, man, we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned you a few times in the last couple podcasts, and um, so Shin runs a brewery called Lost Craft, and uh, it's a fantastic uh, new brewery. We're going to talk about that shit today, and we're going to be drinking the beer, which we've been sitting in front of us oh, for like too 15 long. minutes, too long. so we're like, fuck it, we're going to pour yeah. this goddamn thing again. First things first, let's pour our beers. Yeah. So, also, welcome to the episode 17 of Beer and Other Shit. Button. Correct. Yeah. That is just say that in case you're listening, like, what fuck is this? Yeah. Alright, All right, so right, pour this So what's this beer? Tell us about it. Tell us about it. So, this is the best Lagerdale <laughs> in the yeah, world. I like it. To ever great shows. I like it. In the LCD. Uh, the beer is called Revival. It's a cold style ale. Uh, we brought the design, recipe design from the back of Germany. We're with an amazing brewmaster named Jamie Mystery here in Ontario, who, who did the who did the final recipe development in, on the beer. Um, it's you know it's the whole Lost Craft concept. It's a back to basics concept of brewing. I love that. Four ingredients: Northern Burr hops, Pilsner malts, Kolsch yeast. Um, very simple, but uh, meticulous. Like Jamie's a genius who uh, only. This, put this beer together and it just came from you know a need to make that you know easy drinking simple beer that I just kept kept lacking I felt like they kept lacking kind of in yeah, on the yeah right. totally well first yeah. of all cheers, cheers guys cheers first 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 cheers pleasure cheers. 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 prost cheers guys Chelsea yeah yeah so what do we smell let's through it let's do this properly so got a bit of fruit notes in there, um, you know, and that's just, it's, it's, it's the brewing style. Um, you know, when I went to Germany on my beer, you know, beer pilgrimage, um, I went to Cologne and I fell, fell in love with the Kolsch style. Um, for those that have been out there, you'll know. Um, the Kolsch is like a very, is one of the interesting, easy drinking, probably the most easy drinking German beer, although all of them are very easy drinking. It's just, a, it's a lighter style beer, but it has a lot of flavor to it. Um, you know, you're, you know you're drinking something interesting when you're drinking that beer, but it's also one of the smoothest, if not the smoothest European style beer that you can drink. I, I always liken it to, it's like, to me, it's like a Bose Lug Trap. Like it has, it's, it's an easy drinking, light, crisp beer, but flavor. tons of flavor. Like this is, this is a beer I would give to someone who doesn't know about beer, doesn't know about craft beer, and I'd want to introduce them to something other than like, but, the shitty whatever. macro beer that they're drinking on a day-to-day basis. Like this is your day-to-day pressure beer. Drug, That's what drug. I'm saying. Get home from work and crack it on a hot summer day. Crack sure. one of these out on the patio. Perfect. 100%. I think that's uh, that's the key. I feel like those, to like, we get caught up as like beer nerds, whatever you want to call us. Like we get caught up in the, the hot, biggest, most. Yeah, like fucking burn your face stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the experimental stuff. And that stuff is cool. But I guess this is a harder style to make. To make this type of like lager ale or coach that is flavorful, that's. Uh, you know, interesting to drink that you can drink you know, it's like sessionable. It's fucking hot, eh? Like so Jamie was it? Like, Jamie, yes, Jamie's the brewmaster. Uh, he's he's Lost he Craft's kind of resident brewmaster genius. Had he done other stuff in the past? Oh yeah, he's yeah. been uh, he he's worked 
a lot of other breweries kind of in Ontario. Um, very, very well-known, super reputable guy. And um, and the thing is, exactly on point with what you said is exactly how all these German brewmasters that I met in, uh, you know, they said this exact same thing. They're like, look, it's very easy to make a triple hopped IPA. Right. It's just, you're, 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 you know, you're adding extra ingredients. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's easy to make, but it's, it's very doable. Make a balanced beer that has a ton of flavor that's easy drinking is super hard. It's not a it really it's is, not right? an easy task. Like that's something that will take 200 brews to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that was their whole philosophy. Like, look, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do those types of beers, if you want something with longevity, you've got to make it balanced. Having someone having a beer that someone can drink one of, it's it's as you can logically say tell, like it doesn't make sense on a long term basis. It's not something that has a lot of viability to it. Um, you need something that has like a great flavor profile that's different, um, but that gives you that uh, that balanced, clean finish that you know you can go back to time and time again, whether it's on the same day or another day. You know what I mean? It's that style. Was there like a, a trial and error, like trial and error period d- during the making of this beer? Were there some kind of recipes you tried that maybe weren't quite right, and you finally came upon this one, or was it like? Bang! First time it was like this is the one. First time. Yeah, just just it was so good. You're like, like that's it. There's a lot of things with Lost Craft that kind of just came together at the right time. Uh, the beer was one of them. You know, I talked. Me and Jamie had you know a few discussions about it, and uh, based off the feedback that I gave him from my from my from my trip and uh, his genius, instantaneously. Nice. Like uh, from from concept to beer being poured, it was you know less than six months. Jeez. You know which for. That seems, a lot of people, yeah. It's very quick. That does seem. You know, why, why this style? Why so, it, so, I wanted the whole concept as well is what we wanted to do is do interesting beer styles from around the world, but make sure that they're that, that we that we capture that essence of that style. Um, you know, you'll, you'll tend to find a lot of a lot of new beers that are out there that are like five different malts and like six different hops. You know, it's like it's it's, it's interesting, but it's to the point where I just wanted to do something that was. Um, Cleaner and really true to, true to the origin of the beer. So what we right. did was with the Kolsch, for example. When when I went through Germany, I was looking at the different styles. Just to do a German lager, it's going to be. It's, it's, there's so many lagers that are, that are out there, right? And um, with the Kolsch, I found that it was something that we could do that was not that prevalent in Ontario, and it was something that we could add. You know, I felt like we could add a little bit of a different element to it. That's a little right. interesting. So like a gap um, in the market yeah. for for a beer like exactly. Did that include the branding wise? Because my immediate thing, and I know you, I don't know, be honest, like, do you get pissed off if people refer, like, compare it to um, the Bozo? No, no, oh, no. They're about the branding of the actual. Oh, no, no. Uh, okay, saying, yeah, yeah. I, what I wanted to say was, in my mind, like, the best, that's why it came to mind for you, the best sort of go to cold style beer that we love, like, I would say equally, we love Trent. It's just, it has a lot of characteristics that you kind of mentioned before. This definitely is a different profile of beer. It's like, uh, So it wasn't like it didn't exist, but it had probably aimed differently. So I guess my question is, did you see not only a gap for this type of beer because it isn't a shit ton, but also the marketing style, which I'd like you to touch on, because I think that's fascinating, and that's part of the, it's going to be part of the success because you're drawing people to the beer with the way it looks. So did you feel that there was like a, a gap for like something that looked like this and talked to a, a non, you told me this once before, so I don't want to yeah, step yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. but you know, yeah, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, so I guess there's two things on the taste, I'd say, and then the whole, the concept of branding, you know, the taste side of it, um, so through 
my travels through Cologne, I had a bunch of cool shoes. The big ones that you fired, Reisdorf, Fru, Gaffel, Scion. There's a bunch of big Kolsch uh, brands. And I personally found that the Kolsch that exists, including Lugtrek, didn't taste like the, the real right. Um it's, it's just that those, those uh, the, the true style Kolsch's I found were just lighter. There's like a, like, Lugtrek is a great beer. It's one of my favorite It's a, a lagered ale, so I think yeah. it has a little bit it, of a... It's absolutely the right. same style, but it, the way that they, I mean, they use... Um, Ontario, I think they use Ontario organic ingredients. Um, they brew it on a, hev- on a heavier end, so they're at 5.2 percent right. in the alcohol. And this is, um, we're uh, 4.8. Oh, okay. Um, so you, and that's like the general, generally the Kolsch style is at a 4.8. Yeah. Um, it's just they, they do it a little bit differently. Um, I just, I just felt like it, you could add that true to style Kolsch, and it would be different enough. And so far, a lot of people, especially if they've done a side by side taste comparison, you'll tell they're very different beers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that actually. Um, yeah. So yeah. just, just a. You know, side. And then the other side of the of, of us, which is like the design element, is that um, we we just wanted to do everything that was that was a little bit cleaner. Um, what I tended to find was like on the on the craft beer shelves, you know, everything started to look homogenous in terms of super bold cuts and like cartoonish figures. And, yes. and to me, you know, that's that's cool. Not like I get like a lot of the time I like I like those designs, but just being the, the next one of those wasn't really what we wanted to do. Right. So we wanted to do something that was a little bit more clean, a little bit more edgy, and everything that we've done is organic. So That's from great. so the whole the whole labeling the whole branding has been done uh, with a great friend of mine um, Balraj uh, and myself we we collabed to do all of the design work Balraj definitely did all the execution on this okay. and then um, you know the whole for the six movement was you know it honestly was uh, as you, you know it was like a side side a side shoot of, of, of Lost Craft it was really just you know we, you know I'm, I'm from Toronto born and raised came up from Scarborough went to school here worked here yeah, Scarborough represent. Yeah, you know, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> you can't say Scarborough without uh, yeah, you have to lick a few shots. That's my Scarborough off. boy just, uh, just across the street there. So, uh, Scarborough is in up. the building officially tonight. Um, and uh, and yeah, so you know, we just want. I also kind of felt like you know, there's a lot of people repping certain parts of the city. Like you know, you know which ones they are all all around. Um, and I just really felt there wasn't really anyone branding themselves. Like we're that we're from Toronto yeah. and I think for the biggest time there's a lot of a lot of beer companies or there's a lot of companies in general that shied away from that branding because they felt that it wasn't exportable anywhere else and I you know I just I beg to differ on that point I mean obviously I think things have changed and, and Toronto's definitely got a definitely like a new edge now um, but we wanted to be that you know that Toronto beer that's you know that's where we're from that's where you know the whole everything that I've learned throughout my life has been through like the diversity in the city and I love the city it's beautiful um, beautiful people it's just it's a movement, you know, and, that, and that's what we're trying to embody, and and, uh, and it's been picking up steam as, uh, as you know, we talked about before. Was was the brand first, or was the beer first, or did they kind of come at the same time? It came at the same came time. Came at the same time. Okay. Really weird, you know. Um, very weird story. Like you know, the beer came from my travels in Germany, and as I was doing that, I was also traveling a couple other. Um, traveling the U.S. and a few other places, trying, just trying to think, get, get inspiration for, um, for what we were doing, and um, just kind of all came together at the same time. Like, For the Six came came about where me and uh, me and my designer were just were talking on the phone and just, like, getting really frustrated. We're like, what are we going to do? Like, we just didn't know, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, boom, this is what we're going to do. He, like, put the cut up, sent me it on my phone. I'm like, oh, my God. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it just, everything's kind of flowed, you know? Even collaborating with the brewmaster, again, that's another weird story where I'm like, you know what, have these ideas, but I want to, I need a trusted partner, because I'm not, you know, a trained brewmaster. I called a few guys, and, you know, Jamie, who, who's, who's 
who's our guy, you know, came like, you know, all similar interests. We're a rugby guy, you know, from, you know, from our, from my area, like, you know, all, like all the same things. We just clicked instantaneously and he's like, yeah, we're going to work together. And, you know, it's just been popping ever since. Beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. So I guess, um, a couple of questions I have, I guess, to take it on this side of it is why beer? Like, why, why decide to make a, like, make a beer? I mean, it's great time for beer. Craft beer is probably as big as it's ever been. Um, we looked, we've looked into it. We've wanted, been wanting to do this kind of why we started this shit because we wanted to do it. So that's why I'm additionally fascinated that you've managed to do this shit not only have you done it successfully and you which I want to speak to as well you fucking got it in all these places across the city yourself knocking on doors which is G and then you got it in LCBO which is crazy but like to get into that and have to deal with that's a lot of work a lot of money a lot of energy a lot of connections a lot of like string pulling like why why be knowing you're about to get into that so my beer is real easy it's just like I was always a beer guy you know and I traveled a lot I worked for a European bank and I traveled in my past life traveled a lot in Europe family up there and we'd always find like I'd go to those places drink the beer love the beer and I just felt like I couldn't get it here and if I did it would be really expensive or import or stay, you know stale because it'd be on a ship you know shipped over here I just couldn't get it so I'm just always a beer guy and if I was going to do anything I knew it was going to be in the beer space and I just wanted to do something that I was super passionate about and I was passionate about that European brewing style that I felt you know Steam Whistle shout out to Steam Whistle Greg Taylor was one of the guys, first guys that talked to us but you know that pioneering emphasis of you know there's, there's a there's a great there's, there's a great style of brewing that exists that I think I really felt that I could bring back here in a legitimate way that was different than everyone than, than everyone else. And I think right. it's the same mentality anyway that uh, Steam was had when they came you know came out and said you know what we want to make the best pills in the world and we think we can brew it lo- you know locally. Same concept. Like I I really thought that we could do great beers not necessarily just from Germany but just from anywhere um, but do it a little bit differently and, and, and really represent the city and, and what we're doing that's sick man um, did you have plans to go into different styles of beer I mean you got the you got this bad boy now like I think I did ask it once before I don't recall what the answer was but uh, so you got this one for now you're comparing it to Steam Whistle so does that mean that you plan on sticking with that for the one are you going to do one beer really well or is it going to be a line of Lost Craft beers yeah I don't want to share too much or is that too right right, are we getting ahead of ourselves just curious on future ambitions yeah no we're um, we're working on some things as I would describe it so for the next 12 to 18 months for sure this is this is our push this is our flagship will always be our flagship beer um, but we are working on potentially doing some seasonals and some other offshoot products, but it's it's um, early stages right now. Okay. Gotcha. All right, so then I kind of jumped ahead to that one because I was just really curious. So you decide you want to make a beer. You go into Germany. You've seen these styles. You've called around, cold called, I assume, brewer, brewmasters. I guess you find these motherfuckers. You'd be like, hey, what up? I want to make this thing. Meet up with them if they're interested. And then you're like, okay, we've got a deal. You make the deal, then what? Then how do you, like, I guess more for the people who knows, how does a fucking beer come about? Like, how does this even happen? Like, how do you get it from... From From an idea to a can on your table. There's so many steps that just the people don't know. And, like, that transparency, like, you know, is super rare to find. Yeah, so I'd say you got to get, there's a whole bunch of government licensing that you need, obviously. Okay, do you do that? Do you have to get that before you find a place to make it? You need to buy a brew. Like, what are your you can kind of during? Do, yeah, you can yeah. kind of do it at the same time, but ultimately to get your license, you need to have produced the beer. So you, you know make I mean? a beer. So, so like, before you get the license, you got to find a either you got to drop half a mil, quarter mil to build a brewery, 
or you do rent contract brewery. Yeah, contract. contract brewery. You get so t- can you explain contract brewery? Just for the motherfuckers who don't know this. Yeah, so contract brewing is essentially you're, uh, you're renting um, the space of an existing brewery to brew your beer. Um, so the issue is is that to build a brewery, you know, costs two to, two to three to five to ten. It costs as much as you want, Rest essentially. Right, right, right. exactly. Uh, and uh, a lot of breweries have excess capacity. So what they'll do is they'll offer up their tanks for you to use, um, and you just pay them on a on a per kind of per basis, whatever right. liters, hectoliters, whatever it is. Um, you have to bring all your own yeah, uh, ingredients. Exactly. Everything yeah. is just literally you can use their hoses and their fucking kettles Thanks. and stuff. Like and that. I'm assuming you have to have some sort of qualification to use this so equipment. And so you can't just roll up and be like, "Hey, I homebrew. Can I brew on your yeah. massive yeah. equipment?" So you had to get like Jamie like has must have some sort of certification. Yeah, okay. This is my partner. He'll be brewing it. Yeah, he's gonna come and actually do the. Or yeah, or they, I mean, they'll always have brewmasters that will that can oversee it. But yeah, oh, technically yeah, you'll have you'll have someone from the. Company that is kind of hands on, kind of looking over. Okay. Do you actually fucking pull the grain? Are you, you know, when I, I do everything, man. <laughs> I deliver, I you know, sell, yeah. you know, every yeah, element. Yeah, that's every, you know, it's like you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do. do. Yeah, that's the hustle. Yeah, hustle. Yeah, fantastic. You have to. Um, okay. And you were saying, I guess. What else, do you have, what else do you have to do, I guess? Is kind yeah, of like, okay, so once you, yeah. you got your beer, you got your brewmaster, now you've contracted brew because you're like, it's cheaper to do that and smarter because you want to get settled first and you rather than get into... At least when you're starting, right? Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You're, what, you're half a million debt unless right. you have good savings or a rich uncle like, sure. <laughs> or an investor or some shit. If you don't have that, <coughs> excuse me, and you have, you've done all your math, you've done all your figures, you've worked out what a brewmaster is going to cost to work with you or you partner with them, and then you make the beer. Get, and then you've got to start applying for licenses. Um, well, you got to actually get your license before technically a contract rule will make your beer. But what you can do is you can you can get like get that going. You can get it going in, in ways, but essentially you just need to get that final product, ultimately get your final license. But you can start the ball rolling. Right. Right, 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 right. Um, to get all that stuff done. Um, then obviously like, you need to figure out your packaging and all this stuff, like obviously how you're going to actually sell the beer, kegs, cans, whatever it is. So did you have a marketing team or were, were, was that just not you? Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're the marketing yeah, yeah, team. That's yeah, what I was curious exactly. about, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, the, I, you, you touched on something that I think deserves like a bit of time, which is, you know, I've heard a lot of, you know, you see a lot of press now about like how there's so many breweries out there in Ontario and it's kind of getting saturated. But first, let me point out, we're still not even close to this level of saturation, like places like Alberta yeah. and the States, where the there's states, like yeah. way, way more, right? Yeah. Fully privatized markets. So it's a so, good time. Too. Yeah, we're still, we're still not saturated by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and there's another, like, you, you always hear this, I think, from, you know, people that have very strong opinions about beer, is they really look down on contractors. It's like, oh, those guys aren't real, you know, real... They don't real take them beer. seriously. They don't take them seriously. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, I went all in on, like, every single cent that I own to, to, to get this thing off the ground, right? It's serious to me. Just because I don't have bricks and mortars doesn't mean that, like, you got to buy truckloads of cans, kegs, distribution, storage. Yeah, it's not a cheap thing to, oh, to build a brand, you know? Like, it's very, very expensive. Yeah, you put your balls um, up for this shit. So, like, uh, you know... I think that, that that hate that you see a lot of a lot of the time is just you know people people just think that you know everyone has three million dollars to drop on building a physical brewery and also when you want to get the product to market you gotta you know you gotta remember that you need to start selling stuff you gotta start seeing like do people like the beer it's like well I'm gonna build a brewery and I don't know if anyone's gonna like my beer maybe they will you know like it's, it's, it's a what hard do you do that? Hmm? how do you how do you determine that do you make like small batches first. 
question. Yeah, I mean. I, so how did you do? What did you do? If you don't mind sharing, mm-hmm. like I think this is just like a fascinating topic that's so rare that someone yeah. speaks because there's not many people like in your position. Like you come like, what is there? Is there a lot of people? I don't think there are not a one man fucking situation. No, there's a few. There's, there's, a, few? A, okay, there's cool. a guy named Woodhouse too in Toronto. Um, okay. You guys uh-huh. probably tried. I've had the Woodhouse, the logger. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not as nice as Lost Craft. <laughs> I didn't pay you to say that. Um, but uh, shout outs to Graham. But uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, uh, there, there's a few hustlers, man. There's, there's I got my boys at uh, Long Slice too. Um, that's another. It's, those are those are three guys. But you know, there's a lot of independent guys that are really working hard to to move to their brands. Work, yeah. yeah, to make to make it work. Like, it's good. not. It's definitely not easy in this game. It's really tough. It's like the most competitive you know, business to be in, right? There, right. There, there aren't that many of them, but if you think about, you know, getting tap space, taps, yeah. yeah, you know, getting tap space is very difficult. Yeah. Getting, you know, just getting your can on the shelf is tough, so right? How, okay, speak to that. How do you get your beer in a restaurant, bar, whatever, and how did you get it in LCBO? Like, you've, so you've got, you brewed it, you've got the licenses, you've got your packaging, you've decided you're going to go cans and cans like you did, right? Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. do bottles yeah. yet. Not yet. No. So cans are kind of cool, I like them. Um, then what? So you got that and you're like, all right, fuck, you need to buy my beer. Like, yeah, so I just, uh, I knocked on doors, you know, like literally I would go on, when we started, before we actually had the physical beer, I had pop-off bottles that I was going to, you know, people with. Like, this is my, it's going to taste like this, you know, trust me. Here's a, look, <laughs> here's a picture of the can, you know, I'm telling you it's going right. to be dope. Um, and, you know, I would do, you know, 10, you know, we launched at the end of October. And for but two months, I was doing probably 10 sales calls a day. Okay. And uh, when I say sales calls, that means, like, I'm just not, either I've set it up or I'm knocking on a door. And, uh, you know, and even at there, you're talking uh, restaurants and uh, yeah, restaurants pubs. and bars, pubs right? and bars, And we yeah. launched with around, uh, we launched with around 20 bars. So you can think about the hit rate. It's a lot of rejection, right? Yeah. Um, you know. What were, what were people rejecting you for? You're all sharing that? Sorry, guys, we're getting some food again. This is kind of what happens during a podcast. The food's great though. Yeah, yeah. So, by the way, we're at. Uh, let's talk about that. One. Yeah, we, we, we talk. We should, probably should have done that first. But yeah, we should have. We're actually at Batch uh, Brewery, which is 75 Victoria Street, uh, downtown Toronto. And um, it's a, it used to be Beer Academy, which we came to a little while back. Yeah, one of my favorites, one of my locals. I used to work right around the corner, so yeah, it's a really nice looking uh, bar, pub. What is it? I don't know. It's a lot of things, I feel. This feels like a restaurant, like a beer pub, like restaurant style. They've got the uh, big uh, kettles and stuff downstairs. Yeah, downstairs, yeah. Um, Which are pretty good. Uh, Again, they've got a bunch of their own beers. There's six here, and and they've got a bunch of uh, other local... they got Lost Craft, of course. Well, like I believe this is, this is uh, owned by Creamore, mm-hmm. and when it was Beer Academy before, I remember they carried a lot of Creamore products. So I'm assuming they just kind of rebranded, maybe, or, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think they might have. It feels like they rebranded. Yeah, so they're doing, um, I shouldn't say but they're basically doing a couple of Creamore brands that are only going to be brewed here. Okay, cool. And then they're also shipping in, like, a, uh, some beers directly into Creamore. But I think it is, the intention is on top, it's going to be either in-house brewed or from Creamore. Nice. Um, but they're going to, they, I mean, you know, kudos to Creamore guys, right? I mean, they did bring in a selection of beers that are not their own. Uh, their own right. right, yeah, that's, that's cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. A lot of guys you wouldn't know, do that, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So. It's not like craft beer, we always say this, like, 
the community what, the is. Community. Yeah. We always say we, we go to different brew pubs, and we're you know particularly when we're out of town, and they're like, hey, they see us doing all the reviews and all that shit, and they're like, yo, what are you guys saying? Like, where are you from? We tell them, and they go, oh, cool. Where else are you checking out? And and we tell them, and they're like, oh no, you got to go here, here, here. Like, that doesn't happen in a lot of other industries. You go to a restaurant, and they go, oh, you got to go here, here. They're not gonna fucking tell you that shit. Yeah, stay so here, I, eat our I think food. That, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think it's super dope that that uh, brew pubs tend to do that a lot. It's fantastic. And the fact that a place like this is stocking other uh, Toronto breweries that aren't huge. I, mean, I saw the side launch Collingwood. Um, there's a couple of uh, smaller breweries like that that are still you know, picking up steam and stuff and then sucking you. It's amazing, man. Yeah. So, um, knocking at the doors. So, yeah, yeah, the doors. So, Sorry, I know we got Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we. I guess you're asking, I guess, what was the, the rejection factor? Why? Yeah. Right? Did they say, oh, like, we're full right now, we don't like you know, beer, we don't yeah, like the brand? Yeah, like, time to change menus, right? It's like there's a whole bunch, you know, you got to change menus. Um, you know, they have relationships with other, you know, companies. There's a, you know, you're also like, we didn't actually even have a product, right? A lot of people like, oh. come back and talk to me. When, when you have something, have right. Um, but there's a few, you know, there's a few, you know, guys, like, shout out to companies like, you know, Eleven, and maybe in sports and entertainment. You know the Saints out in Ossington. Eleven, uh, yeah. Oh, they carry it. Nice area. man. They were, they were the first. They were actually the first to to sign up to the Beautiful. last craft movement, right? And you're thinking of them as like a super corporate entity. Right. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They supported a, an independent. That's awesome. And Boston Pizza or something, wasn't it? Uh, no, not Boston Pizza. Um, yet O and B. So the whole Oliver Bonaccini, yeah. Yeah, the whole O and B were were also one of the first super early adopters. And again, you think you're thinking. Cool. Uh, you know, bigger corporation, um, but but you know they, they they were one of the first people to bring us in on top. You know? Oh shit! And um, so you know we just relationships, you know, like really hustling and pushing hard, and you know we got you know that first that first couple of the shoot, and then slowly build and slowly build, then referrals, and then you know obviously like we pride up we pride ourselves on you know the best service in Toronto. So like you know you're getting that referral business through friends and friends you know in the industry, right? It's a small industry. Um, so that's kind of how it's like slowly grew, but grew. But, but I mean, to start, it was just hand-to-hand combat, knocking, and uh, just being relentless, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the name of the game. I was going to ask, were you picky at all with the places you wanted to have your beer? Like, I, I know you're running, not you're not just selling a beer, you're selling a brand, right? So you want to put your, you know, locate yourself accordingly, or was it kind of just whoever will take it will take it, just get your name out there to start? Yeah, so... Like before, where you know, don't get me wrong. Like we were picky in the sense that we, you know, we wanted to we, we wanted to have our beer in place that we felt like hit our demographic, which is you know, that young, like that. It could be anywhere from you know, 19 to 45, maybe. Shout out to everyone over 45. But no, I just mean like you know, we wanted to hit that like demographic that I thought that our brand would resonate best with. Right? Of course, yeah. Um, Anybody. So, so we, we, it wasn't intentional, and I'd say, you know, generally speaking, I just want everyone, to, like, I think we've made a fantastic beer, and I just want everyone to try it, right? right? Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I do, I, I do feel that our brand will stand on its own, right? And, and the place that it's in, I'm sure we'll, we'll hopefully, if, you know, if, if, if it's not attracting that demographic, hopefully that demographic comes, because, like, the beer is there, yeah, um, exactly. But, you know, we have a great roster of, you know, awesome bars and restaurants in the city, you know, that are yeah. carrying us, and I'm proud to say everyone. I mean, everyone that wants to work with us, you know, we're happy to work with. Um, cool. You know, we'd never say no to, um, to someone who wanted to bring in Would you? Craft. Good Would question. You? Good question. Would you say no? Um, 
Now, like, what if it was like a I was trying to like a shithole dive bar or something, but it's like, well, you might, like, I guess you wouldn't. Why would you say no? Because it doesn't, the brand will stand out amongst itself and it will still attract your right consumers. But what if it's like a, such a shitty bar that like it's only like fucking Darrow cunts go there yeah. and there's like nobody you really yeah, unless you you know you got <laughs> sorry push your spot it's going somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure exactly where it's going but I even brought it up <laughs> what I'd say what I'd say is that uh, unless that that organization was like was you know Morally not like if they're a bunch of racists, yeah. you probably yeah, won't sell your product. Yeah, you know what, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Trump Go treat yourself with a mostly Canadian '67 <laughs> IPA or something. Session IPA. Yeah. yeah. We were just about oh god, that. I saw a commercial. I almost barfed. Have you had it? No, I just saw a commercial. I had a few beers. Oh, it was terrible. I love the last one. Yeah. Well, say because John was like, no, no, no. Well, I was gonna say just on that point because I feel like it's like the reverse of. The whole mentality of this, like, this whole image that people have these beer snobs, right? It's like you're you're playing. Like, I, I'm I'm the guy that's going to bars and, and they're telling me no, right? And for me to flip the script on someone for, for like a superficial reason, being like I don't like your sign, it's not like nice enough. Be unfair. No, yeah, you know, that, like yeah. it's just it's hypocritical. Right. right absolutely. I think so. Um, it's not our style. Yeah. yeah cool. We're the beer yeah, of the cool. people, you know. <laughs> people's beer. People's beer. I like that's it. Like, real shit. Um, Bunch of Sorry, I no, no, no. We were just saying earlier. You, you were asking me when's the last time I trashed the beer, and before you guys came, when's the last time we talked shit? And I was like, and I was like, oh, with the Canadian '67 session IPA, which I'll proudly say was fucking garbage, <laughs> and it was just because it was a macro beer, like, right? Um, but that's what I was just saying. It was interesting you brought that up. We just talking about it. And I can't think of too many beers that we trashed because when we started the 365... We did all the, got the, all the shit all ones out of the way like, to start. What, what was the Navigator 10% and uh, the Vax? There was some bad like, ones. We did five Vaxes in one night. Those Danish, you know Denmark? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, the, the white can's cool and maybe the one up, the Amber or something. But then you did like the 8, 9, and oh, they're fucking disgusting. It's just... Piss water. But anyway, yeah, we don't, we don't drink bad beers anymore except for Lowell's. The Bud Light Apple, I drank that. It was alright. <laughs> I didn't mind that Come front It tastes like salad uh, And uh, um, Yeah the 67 IPA Is terrible And the last one We actually trashed Was the first That early beer Another shoot video For the Lot 9 Pilsner the Oh right one, yeah It's fucking horrible It's just We're in a I know we're in the Grimoire yeah. Sorry guys Okay sorry guys uh, Well the Brewmore I love to that back at this and Yeah that's cool. true So I do like Grimoire in general I am a fan I am a fan Just that, that particular beer I was All this shit was of. lit And all of a sudden They did yeah. this fucking Lot 9 And that was after Molson bought him So I I think I reviewed I reviewed it on Whatever on Instagram, and one of the brewmasters like comments, and then he like DM'd me and shit. So I thought that was cool enough that he even talked to me because I was like, Yo, did they fuck with your recipe? And he said they didn't. And they wanted to make something that appealed to it. So I was like, oh, Okay. And it was not a good beer. I don't have anything wrong with pills. It was like, so anyway, it was the last time we talked shit. And I'm happy that we don't talk too much shit about beers. Every, a every beer has its beer. place, right? I mean, you like you said, it, it doesn't have to be the biggest, hoppiest, burn your tongue off, like, ridiculous, imperial, double this or that, right? Like, this is, I'm really enjoying this beer, and yeah, it is amen. clean and simple, and there's, like, not a ton of in-your-face flavors, but it's all there, it's balanced, it's delicious. I'm so, this more, it's nice yeah. and sweet as well. Like, exactly. I've had it a bunch of times, but right now, like, it's just going down, like, really good. It's a fantastic beer. Going down a treat, as you would a say. A treat. <laughs> Use kind. So I'm going to ask something also controversial, and I apologize. So we've talked about this you know, privately before, but like I wanted like 
the, the, the clickiness of the craft beer thing. So I asked someone, we asked Jason about this briefly. Uh, we interviewed uh, last podcast, this guy Jason, I don't know how to say his last name. Kucharawi. I got it. I figured <laughs> it out. Kucharawi? Okay. Cooch. He said it like five times. Shout out to Kucharawi. Shout out to Jace. So he, we did that in the last, uh, last two episodes. And he, um, why did I bring him up? Fuck, man, I'm losing my, my thing. We were talking about it with him because we were saying that you mentioned briefly that there's like a, a like a code that you have to follow to get into the beer world. You go through the you have to have crowd, a story. OCB. He was saying or whatever. You got to have a story, but it was like, and that's why he was saying that there's the stuff about uh, contract work because folks who don't know much about that might not be familiar because it was somewhat new to us. Like that there's like not beef, but like people look down upon not from but like from within the industry and because you didn't knock on the door of the Ontario Craft Brewing Association whatever the fuck they call and be like hey guys oh, thanks man beautiful oh yeah we got them bad boys just got yeah. some food coming here getting yeah. some yeah. old uh, old curry old, chicken yeah. flatbread my yeah, mac and cheese, right? that is the mac and cheese yeah um, because you didn't holler at these uh the Ontario Crab Brewery thing, they shun you somewhat from like, it's like the, the, the governing body or like a fucking union of craft beers or something. So I guess my question is because, well, you didn't go that route from what I understand. Or how, how does the politics of the industry apply to a craft, you know, a craft brewer? Because this is like, for anyone who's, a, who's an aspiring home brewer who'd like to turn it into something which you've done, this is like an interesting thing that they will deal with in Ontario. Like there's, a, there's a governing body of brewers who have a particular way of operating and, you know, that may affect the way that they get treated somewhat in their early days. Do you want to speak to that somehow? Thank you. Right. So why, you know, why is this situation 
obviously there's a cost benefit for them to do that. Um, so there's a reason. But um, I think that that dynamic tends to be consistently kind of felt in the industry where, you know, a lot of contract brewers feel like they're not given the proper look overall in Ontario. Like one of the rules is, um, you know, OCB, you have to contract brew. If you're a contract brewer, you have to contract brew with an OCB member. At least okay. that was the way that it was. I might have changed recently, right. but for the longest time, that was the, the way that it was. And then, so it's easy for any OCB member to not allow you to get in there. It's right. like, okay, well, I'm not going to let you brew here. Right? So Cool, which is one of the uh, one, one of the main breweries in Ontario that does contract brewing, um, you know, I don't believe that they're OCB, so like if you're brewing there, you can't get that membership and that membership doesn't really have that many I mean it has benefits for sure um, but like to do certain beer festivals you gotta be OCB and, you know to get really? certain vis- visibility and OCB was one of the big uh, shout out to OCB I mean they were one of the big big people to make lobby right the government to make the changes that happen right and that's big like people think that okay well you know it, it didn't really affect that much for the little guy but it did you know opening the market up and getting visibility for craft beer Based consumers is a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. Whether that's Steam Whistle that's on the shelf in Amsterdam and whoever, or it's you know, Lost Craft, it's good that people know that there's alternative products that are, that are brewed in Toronto that are so local. Um, so, you know, and, and the OCB was a big, they put big dollars, you know, behind that movement and, it, you know, it bore fruit, you know, bare fruit in the end. So, um, you know, I just think that in the politics game, I think there's obviously there's an old guard in the industry. Um, but I think also like, there's this mentality that, you know, with us, as you know, like a bit, one of the stories that I've told you is, you know, we didn't, just because we were like, you can imagine it's a one-man show, I'm like running, running around, doing production, like we're working, worrying about the recipe, the production, all this other stuff, make sure everything's kind of going together. Um, you know, I didn't, we didn't have a PR company, although we're working with one, you know, shout out to Rikira, um, you know, we just, I just didn't have time to do that thing of like, who should I reach out to? I don't know. You know, I don't know who I'm going to reach out to. I, I just want to make my beer and make sure that I don't you know, screw it up, you know, right. and, um, and, and get it up to market and make sure people are drinking it. Um, and, you know, there, you know, there are certain well-known bloggers, I think, and, you know, people that have followings in the, in, in, in the industry that probably would have liked us to, to shout, give a shout-out to them before we, we got in. And it wasn't, we weren't trying to be offensive in any way, it just, it just didn't happen that way. Um, but, you know, for us, it's like, we... You know, we're definitely when I say the people's brand, like we just we just want to get that beer out. You know, we think it's we think it's a great beer. And we just want to get the people drinking it, right? Um, politics aside, you know, we'll reach out to anyone that wants to talk to us, as you know. You know, yeah. anyone anyone that's um, you know, we had a student from Ryerson at Brewfest where I met you. Yeah. You know, we had a student from Ryerson say, Hey, I'm doing a project on us. Um, you know, would you mind doing an interview with us? And I immediately said yes. And I don't know that anyone else did. I mean, it doesn't really matter who you're talking to, right? It's like anyone that's interested in your story, you should be happy to tell. Absolutely, to them. I agree. It's, so, it's like an entrepreneurial mindset. It's like expanding the network, and you never know how you can help each other. Exactly. So that's why I appreciate you answering, hitting me back, and you know, here we are, whatever, a few months later, and we finally got this, and now we're working on some stuff, and I think that's really cool. Like that's the attitude you gotta have to be an entrepreneur, like to grow a business. Like I sort of been thinking about that lately. I don't know, like what I'm different. I've been doing is like if we ever meet someone, it's like yeah, let's just get a beer, let's grab a coffee, and, like yeah. talk to motherfuckers, and like build. And I, I think that's such a really cool entrepreneurial heard. trait. I don't know. 
you never know what can happen from it. You know, maybe nothing, but there's one more person who might like you, who is familiar with your brand, you know, and they're gonna be at the top of their mind when your lane comes up in their world. And like, that should everyone should have those. Cool. We first met in a snowstorm. In a snowstorm at the local in uh, Liberty Village and shit. Nice. Just off an email, like a uh, you know, random. Shout outs to local? Yeah, yeah. yeah. shout to local. Local dope place. So many shout, shout outs to this podcast. <laughs> shout out. Shout out everyone. We'll get the intern to, to uh, link to them in the show notes. Yeah, yes. We need lots of links to intern. Yeah. We need an intern. You want an intern? Holla. Holla. Um, yeah, man, let's fucking live. There's a bunch of stuff more now. Okay, so you touched on that. So, excuse me, it is possible. You're living proof that it's possible to um, not go through the, the the channels, the traditional channels, to make a business in this industry happen. And now you're in the LCBO. So that's fucking amazing. Salute for that. It's crazy. Bistol. How do you feel? How does that affect your life? Are you trying to get in there? Like, do you want to speak to that? Because now you're in the LCBO, which is a huge win because it's better for craft than the more prestigious, I would say, too, being the PS4 still owned by a bunch of, you know, agro-corporate cockholes. But now that I know this will make it more room for craft brewers and stuff, I don't know if it's got to do with the OCB or not, but do you want to speak to that if that's okay? Well, I've, I've read briefly, I think that, uh, you know, the, I think that both, like a bunch of craft brewers now are owners or shareholders in the beer store. Okay. So I think there's some changes that are, that are going on there. Um, for us personally, simple model. It's a pay-to-play model. You, like, you can get your product on the, on the shelf at a beer store. Um, the issue is, are you in the, like, do you have the right spacing at the beer store to sell your product? Your product has to be visible. If you're in a, if you're on that huge board and no one can see you and all that product's in the back, you're never going to sell if you're a craft beer, right? No, I'm noticing that beer store is, is kind of following LCBO's model and displaying their tall cans and people are just grabbing off the shelf, which makes so much more sense than having that board. I remember looking at that when I was like, you know, my early 20s being like, I don't know, and then you end up picking one of the top 10 anyways, right? You know, oh, give me Budweiser, right? What's on special? Right, what's on special, right, what's exactly. On special. So at least if you have an option, tangible options right there, and you see this cool can and you're like, yeah, let's give this a try. It would be uh, worth your while to get in there, but it is a shame. I worked at the beer store like 10 years ago. Um, the one I worked at, at uh, Cedar Break, Scarborough, blah, you know what it is. I mean, that was the hood. And like, it was a real beer store, like, it had shelf space. And it was dope, but I just noticed that, like, moving around Toronto, so I didn't grow up with it, so I didn't know that. I was like, what the fuck is this? And you walk in there, and it's just like an empties return, and then you got a board. Like, That's it, yeah. It's like overwhelming. Like, it's not positioned for a crowd or anything except the top 10 beers to sell. They even had that top 10 beer fucking, like, blackboard on the wall. Yeah, that's yeah. So, I guess like, not no interest in getting into this or at this point then being no, that it's like, like makes no sense really for your clientele. So. Yeah, I mean we've obviously worked real hard to get that LCBO listing, so definitely want to make sure that we're you know we're positioned well within that channel. Um, with the beer store, you just want to be in probably like not every store has that. Right. Model, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's kind of so, newer ones. Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of really just want to be in those stores, particularly where you can make an impact. And as you grow and as your brand becomes more recognized. Then you can offer like 24 like 24 packs of your beer. People go buy it, and then it doesn't have to be like that visible, you know. Right. It, it can be in the back. So it's kind of like beer store is probably like a it's an evolution. You want to evolve into that, and the way you do that is you build your at least my perspective on it. Build your 
brand awareness through the licensee chain, get through that LCBO thing where people start to know about you, and then when people start to know about you, then it makes more sense to get that beer store listing. It's just another sales another, another great step product. in the ladder, yeah. really, right? But I think typically people that go to the beer store, the, the, I think I've heard this like anecdotally. I'm sure that there's a study behind this, but like 90% of the people that go to the beer store know the beer that they're buying before oh, they go absolutely. to the beer store. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that completely. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the reverse is true in the LCBO. Yeah. Where it's like 10% of people in the LCBO know the beer that they're buying. It's crazy. I never thought of it. That's really the big difference, right? That's yeah. they're completely opposite in that sense. So. Because the way the beer store is set up. Like that's probably that, that's a big part of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want choice. Give me bud. Give me Canadian. Yeah, whatever. exactly. What's on the big sale? Boxes on sale yeah. And if yeah. you want a choice, you can go to LCBO. And if you want, like, typically people go to the beer store because they want to get a couple yeah. cases, right? They're throwing a party. Yes. Right? They're not like right. You're going you're going for volume in the beer store. You're going for quality in the LCBO yeah. for the most part. Or but variety. Have, yeah. Variety. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I have noticed though, a lot of the beer stores. The ones you said that are changing that have the kind of grabbable tall cans also have like touchscreen ordering systems now. Yeah. And you can browse by category, and you can browse by Ontario and by craft and stuff like that, which again just cool. is giving you more variety. Whereas before it was just really basic, like you know. That's what I've been seeing that. Yeah, the, the one by me has it, it's a smaller one, but it's been re renovated and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Like and they have, like, they have, like, Fly Monkeys and, like, you know, they have some Granville Island and nothing too crazy yet, but, like, options where I'd actually go and purchase something, whereas before I'd be like, don't even bother going to the beer store. Yeah. Um, what's the process for the LCBO? Is it pretty easy? Or straightforward compared to it? Or it's a headache? No, I feel like nothing's easy or straightforward. Yeah, I, I say, <laughs> you know, and again, you know, people, the LCBO model, I think, it's definitely regimented and kind of strict, but to me, overall, like the concept of it, I kind of understand. I'm saying that from the position that I got into the LCBO really quickly, so obviously I have a bit of a bias here. Right. Um, but I think the concept that they kind of try to say is like, you need like a very, like you need to present them with a business plan. It's like, it's kind of like how you would go to any like major corporation and ask, hey, I want, I want you to stock my product. Sure. LCBO is the biggest, what is it, the biggest alcohol buyer in the world. You should be on point. Like just having like a piece of paper with a notepad being like, hey, this is my beer, carry it. And it's probably not going to get you in. Right. You know, and, um, and the other thing that they focus on is they want like variety of product. So remember I was mentioning like the Kolsch. So when I first submit, submitted, you know, the, the Kolsch style was not prevalent in Ontario. There's, when I submitted, actually there was five Kolsches. True to style, like beers that were like right. pure Lagerdale style that were in Ontario, only one import, right? So when they're taking up boxes, they're going to say like, do I have that beer already? So I can tell you that when I met with the previous, like, you know, if you want, if, if you want to do another IPA, it's going to be really hard for you. Yeah, you got to have that so miraculous, yeah, right? yeah, that yeah, yeah. IPA that's so great and with the brand, like, marketing behind it that's crazy, that's going to justify them putting another IPA another on the Another one, right. Um, you know, it's just like any any um, any kind of company would think. So you just kind of got to be on point with them and, you know, there's... <laughs> you throwing chicken wings across the room? What's going on here? Beef ribs on the floor. Beef ribs on the floor. Classic Craig Thorne. Just meat everywhere with this guy. Yeah. Can't in stop my, him, yeah. Can't stop my mouth. Meat in his mouth. Um, Continue, sorry. With, with regards to the LCBO, when you finally got in the LCBO, did you have any say in which locations you were stocked at? Um, or did they determine that? Or was it a collaboration? Or, like, how many are you at? Do you know? Uh, yeah, so we're in over 30 now. 
actually, again, same story as uh, as as the, the, the bar and restaurant thing. It was uh, we we go to every single store, we phone every single store, and try to get the most. Each out. individual LCBO. Oh, Maybe. really? So it's not like you're listed and then they distribute it. You're like, hey, can you distribute me? Hey, can you distribute me? Hey, can you? Do-? Wow. That seems a little tedious. I think it'd be like. There's different models, so right. you can you can go through the LCBO warehouse and have the stores order you. Right. But given you know our grind and what we what we're trying to do, it's like I want I want to tell that story to every single as long as it's physically possible. I want to tell that story. So for us, what made sense is going the direct distribution model, which means you deliver directly to every store. Um, you can go through the LCBO warehouse, which is you ship like a bunch of beer to the LCBO warehouse, and then all of the stores order. Okay, cool. Um, and when you have like very like distribution to like Thunder Bay and like really far away, you know, it makes sense to do that model. Right. Um, but when you're focused like us right in now Toronto, in right. Toronto, right. GTA, um, shout outs to Aurora. They big just, up Aurora. They, they, they just started, they just started carrying us. Right, we just big uh, up to Aurora. <laughs> Shouting at this uh, next show. This episode is called Shout Out. <laughs> Straight up. I'm calling it right here. Shout out. Dumb. Yeah. So yeah, so it just it just depends, I guess. It depends. Um, are you are you in Scarborough? I'm assuming you got some Scarborough representation. Yes, we're in Kenny. So I grew up in Kennedy and Shepherd. Yeah. yeah. Area. Um, oh, the one at the Asian Court Mall yeah, there. Yeah. Asian Court Mall. Bruce. Straight good. Bruce. See. How about Morningside? Mine, Morningside Crossing? Represent? No? Morningside Crossing. Shout out to Morningside Crossing? Shout out to Morningside. Shout out to Galloway. Yeah, Kingston Road. Lawrence and Brimley. We're in Kingston and... Kingston, Morningside. Morningside. Yeah, that's Morningside that? Crossing. That's yeah, a good one. That's a, that's okay, a good one. Yeah, yeah, we are that's there. That's a good LCBO. We are there, for sure. You should have somebody about that one. Yeah, they have like amazing craft selection, like strangely enough for that area. But We're at Dick Park in Danforth. That's the other okay, store. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're, we just like, we just honestly, we just got started like three, I think four weeks ago with the LCBO. So oh, it's so a this slow, is brand new. Slow, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, shit, we're looking at uh, one. 15 minutes. Yeah, it's a pretty long one. Okay, I'm all right with that. So, um, okay, man, thank you for sharing all that loud. Dude, you appreciate it. Thanks for the shout outs, you know? No, I appreciate it. I was going to say, where can people find you? So, if they look you up online, where can they find you? Just uh, www.lostcraft.ca and the handle is Lost Craft Beer on everything Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So, follow them. Check it out. Check out the beer. Cop the caps, the four to six caps. You got beanies, t shirts. You had the All Star joint. Which was sick. Hip hop um, breakfast. Boom. Hip hop breakfast. Yeah, this will come out. Well, this is after. after. Yeah, Hip hop yeah. breakfast was awesome, eh? <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was the best. That shit eggs Benny like, were amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, that lost crowd. We had the drink special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, then, about this. I'm just saying. April 17th. Sunday, April 17th. Is the next one? That's the next one. Wow. They're coming you up in a couple lined weeks. Lined up, eh? Yeah, they're monthly now. Sick. Monthly. Hip hop breakfast. Check that out. So, yo, brother, thank you for, for coming through your account. Wealth of knowledge, mad respect, yes, man. Appreciate it. Really do. Fantastic beer. I'm glad we uh, got to finally do it. And um, we'll do a little. Uh, say we a little. Cheers, cheers. and catch, catch you, cunts. cunts.